Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. Today, we are going to be talking with Marie Hale. The title of her podcast episode is Personal Resilience. She is the co-founder and visionary at At Revenue. Before we get into the podcast, I want to share a few resilience resources and reminders. Number one, the DRJ uh, Disaster Recovery Journal hosts a new webinar every Wednesday. You can register at the link provided in the show notes. As follows advisors, our Road to Resilience training program is available online as well as upcoming public speaking engagements. Please feel free to check the show notes to find more information there. And lastly, if you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a review on, on Apple Podcasts. This helps more listeners to find us and lets us know that we're adding value for this podcast. All right, so let's jump right in with our guest and our episode today. Hi, Marie. Hello, Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm great. It is a beautiful sunny day and I will take as many of those as I can. <laughs> awesome. Well, I had a chance to do quite a bit of research on you um, and, and, and to learn a little bit about your history. Um, but I think that there's so much more that our subscribers actually need to know to really understand the value and why we're talking about the importance of personal resilience. So with that, I'm going to ask, can you tell us a little about your story and your passion for personal resilience? Yeah. Um, so I was, I'm going to tell you, I was that woman that got everything she had ever wanted. One day I looked at my life and I was 35 and I had my guru was my life partner, who was my sales coach. I had this bombshell of a three-year-old baby girl, and I was getting to work with him every day of the week. We spent 24 hours together every day, and we loved it. It was perfect. And we moved from Austin back to Chicago, because if you're from Chicago, you know that there's no place like Chicago. And we combined our businesses, his sales coaching and my marketing company, and we created that revenue and it was lightning in a bottle. And, you know, we, we take our, our, our little trip on the brown line with the little girl in hand and we'd show up at our one person office and we started this empire. And seven months later, he didn't pick her up from daycare and we came home to find him gone. And I've heard stories of people that get to take time off to grieve but I was a small business owner. We had just sunk everything we had into opening a new company. And I had to learn how to grieve publicly and on brands. And that's not something that they write books about. We luckily, 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 I am a process princess. I, my love language is CRM. 
I want to make sure that there is a process for everything two times over. So we'd set all of our processes up within our company before we opened because my very first mentor always told me, do it as if you were going to get hit by a wine truck tomorrow. Why a wine truck? I don't know. I think it just makes it more fun. So as I picked myself up and tried to figure out one, if I was going to keep our business open and two, if I was going to take his role teaching the curriculum that we had created and three, how I was going to figure out how to keep his, the faith that our customers had built in us and that his sales students had built in him. I mean, I was stepping into a Chicago legends shoes and I wasn't sure I could walk most days, but I had to learn to pick myself up and put my lipstick on and keep walking. And over the next year, year and a half, the hits kept coming. I had skin cancer in the middle of my face and went through a surgery that distorted my figure and my, my lips by about a quarter of an inch. And as a public speaker, that's not a whole lot of fun to get on stage with. And I was blessed, man, you know, when you know you're running a good business, or at least you're doing right by some folks, if people that love you professionally keep showing up. And I got lucky enough to have my very best friend in the whole world who used to shoot tequila and test children's products with me when I owned another company, come and live with me and run my office and help me run my daughter or raise my daughter, run my daughter was more like it. Um, and she passed the next year. And so when you've walked through an experience of having your entire chosen family eliminated and you still have to lead, what do you have to fall back on? How do you minimize the risk to your business? And for me, what was proven is that it's relationships, it's processes and it's people. And you've got to have those three things to depend on in order to keep going. So a couple questions here. So one or one statement, CRM for our subscribers means customer relationship management. Secondly, a wine truck sounds way better than a bus. <laughs> so At least I like the wine truck. Flower afterwards. So um, you said something key. So you you talked about the death of your partner you personally went through skin cancer, you're raising a baby girl, and then a friend of yours who's helping you in the business and helping you personally also passes away. Um, we're talking about personal resilience and I define resilience as your ability to absorb and, and embrace and take an impact, a, a disruption, and to be able to bounce back um, for our subscribers out there, how did you get to a place where you could talk about it? Um, you know what? I didn't. I started making different choices in my business. Tears were okay. Hmm. And if somebody needed to cry, it's okay. Step out, come back in, fight again another day. And vulnerability and authenticity became two of the strongest skills in my tool set. 
because what I realized is everybody is going through their own thing. And so when I saw people going through trying to figure out what was happening in the pandemic, I looked around and I said, well, you're all grieving. You don't know it, but you're all grieving because you've lost your way of life. You've lost possibly people in your life. You've lost your freedoms. This is what grief is. And so when I was able to take that and flip that around, I was able to, to fortify not only my own organization and the emotions that come with it, because if any of you made it through the past two years and didn't have anybody have emotions around you, you are hanging out with a tough bunch because people have been up and down that roller coaster. But in that, those moments of, of vulnerability and authenticity is when you start to share your resilience with other people. And you got to make it okay. You got to make it okay to hold space. So you um, mentioned in our prep for this call that sales is your love language. And for our subscribers, um, there's a couple of parallels that I see here. Number one is everybody is always selling yourself. I don't care who you are, you sell yourself. If your job fires you tomorrow, you will be selling yourself in the job market. (laughs) Secondly, for those of you who are like me and you run a business, um, operations is nothing without sales and sales is nothing without marketing because you have to make people aware to market to them so that you can sell something and keep the lights on and to pay the bills. And then lastly, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. If you don't bring in sales, the risk is you lose your business (laughs) from a revenue perspective. So I think that, um, not only is her personal story about resilience so important, but also the, the very work that she does ties into what we do. Um, so you mentioned that you made it okay for you to cry. And you also mentioned that your love language is sales. Can you help us connect those dots? Absolutely. <laughs> when was the last time you sat across from somebody who was trying to sell you something and you knew they didn't give a care? about what was, what was important to you. You knew that they were there in a perfunctory fashion to just get the deal closed and move on to the next one. When you find yourself in a place of vulnerability and authenticity, calling it out is one of the most powerful things that you can do because it gives you a moment of humanity with the person across from you. And I don't know if any of you have looked around to see what salespeople are left post pandemic, but it's the ones that had really good relationships and really good strategic partners that they hadn't been bullshitting for the past two or three years so that they could be honest and authentic. And even for those of you that let's say you're a little introverted and you don't like to make eye contact the entire time and you're sitting with a very dominant personality and they are pouring their eyes into the back of your head, being able to even say something like, you know, I like to take copious notes. So I may not be looking at you the whole time, but trust me, I'm listening. Is that okay with you? That simple act of calling it out and asking for permission to be there is singly the most powerful question you can ask. Because if they say no, you at least know what the score is. And I also encourage you not to do business with jerk faces. That will give you the jerk face index very quickly. Hashtag jerk faces, okay? 
<laughs> so let me ask you this. Why is it important for companies to ensure that their employees are resilient? There is nothing that has taught us resilience like this past year and a half has. Imagine that cold caller that used to get 96 no's now gets 290 no's in a row. It can be emotionally devastating. For those folks that don't have the emotional tool set yet to be as resilient as we need them to be, they can be derailed by a multitude of things, which is gonna cost you time, money, so a lot of times diversity, and it's gonna cost you talent. We're looking at a $5 trillion talent attrition in the global GDP within the next five years, just from the folks that we've lost, that can't come back because of what's happened during the pandemic. So if you can provide them with the social, mental, and emotional tools of resilience, the permission to be authentic, and alternative work solutions that may fit their life when they are in a moment where their resilience is not as strong as it could be, and they need a lever to pull, now you have the ultimate culture. You have a place where people are included, uplifted, and cared for as they make the kind of numbers you wanna see in your business. Yeah. So one last question for you before we, we wrap. So how can organizations implement the things that you just spoke about into their operations uh, so that it actually works? <laughs> That's the trick. That really is the trick because, you know, we, we will find often that, that people love the mission and love where we're coming from, but when the rubber hits the road, it's the worker bee, right? And they get perfunctory and they want that line. Where you are able to build that culture into your operations is by making sure that you have mental, emotional checkpoints that are built in that they don't have to answer directly to you. And you may not even know exactly what the issue is, but you're, as a leader, you're given the opportunity to look at the key performance indicators, to look at their productivity, to look at their responses to their mental, emotional check-ins and either provide resources, shore up another team member to be able to support them through this shift or make the kinds of decisions that you need to make to move forward. Because if we can't move our companies forward and do it from a place of professional love, there's not going to be any businesses there to keep these people going anyway. Got it. Well, thank you for that. Um, so I know in the show notes, we'll share our, all of your contact information and your um, social media handles. One, one last question, I promise. Um, for our subscribers who may have another story of tragedy, um, where they're trying to find their way through personal resilience. Do you have any resources that you can share with us that we can point them to? 100%. Um, you, one, definitely re look up red lipstick and resilience. You're going to hear a lot of tools and, and pieces that are in there. Two, you can reach out directly to me. And we've actually built an entire ecosystem of team members that and experts that are there to support our um, staff as they go through the changes of life, because we're all going to experience changes. So we've onboarded those folks and they are there for free for people that need them 
because we know that we've got a world to support and change right now. And you can find a lot of that in the membership portal at fwdrevolution.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. Oh, Vanessa, thanks for having me. It was a joy. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Espalis Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.